the the scene with the most monsters in it we were in my living room with my husband and we were all just kind of spitballing monster names and what horrible things can they do and then googling them to make sure they didn't already exist in dungeons and dragons or something which we did run into a few times you accidentally um, stumbled on some pre-existing monsters we did it's a fun place to play in, and um, I didn't know I needed monsters so much in my life, but <laughs> turns out Neither I really did. did. I. Colleen Oakes and Erin Armconnect are the kind of old friends you just want to hang out with. And when Colleen wrote her latest book, she brought on a new co-author, her old friend Erin. I'm Sarah Fenske, and this is St. Louis on the Air. When Colleen Oakes wrote her first book, she paid an old friend from college, Aaron Armconnect, to do an early edit. Aaron recalls that Colleen paid her $100 and also threw in a Starbucks gift card. Well, then Colleen became a best-selling author. Her Queen of Hearts series got snapped up by HarperCollins. It also won placement in Target. For a young adult novel, that's like winning the lottery. But Colleen Oakes' new book doesn't just bear her byline on it. It also has Aaron Armconnect's. Their new book, Sister of the Chosen One, is a joint effort from two women, both of them with St. Louis connections. Colleen used to live here and actually set that first book that Erin helped to edit here in St. Louis. And Erin moved here 13 years ago, and she still lives here today. And so they both join us today to talk about this unique collaboration. So Erin Armconnect, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And Colleen Oaks, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, Colleen, you've written quite a few novels now. Um, they've been some big successes. What made you decide to turn to a co-author for this one? Um, I had an idea for a long time about a story about two sisters, um, and I wanted them to have really distinct voices. Um, I also had just really wanted to write a book with Aaron, who was one of the funniest people I've ever met. Uh, and so it just kind of came up in conversation, and then we decided to move forward with it. And as I understand, you did, you made that decision to move forward with it quite a few years ago. Um, how long ago was it that you guys are like, yeah, let's get started on this? <laughs> I think oh. four years. Four years ago, yeah. Okay, so this Our was not kids an, were really little. This was not an overnight yep. process of, of bringing this novel together. Erin, um, were you initially like, wait, why do you want me to, to co-write your book? Oh yeah, I had serious imposter <laughs> syndrome. I was, uh, I was pretty nervous going forward, but it ended up being uh, Colleen was great to work with and great with helping me get used to. Um, writing fiction. It's not something I was super familiar with. Yeah, you said you'd worked for a small newspaper um, quite a bit of time ago. You'd also taught school. And, and for quite a few years, you worked at an elementary school. So I imagine you know young adults or people who are about to be young adults. Um, but had you ever thought, yeah, I see myself being a novelist prior to Colleen approaching you? I'd always loved writing, um, but I never thought about being a novelist necessarily. Fiction hadn't really been something that was on my radar. Um, I didn't really know where to start. So now I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> <And Colleen laughs> thanks to Colleen. Getting Erin to start, what did that take? Did you tell her where you wanted to see this book begin and sort of outline the plot? Or how did you get her to have that confidence to to begin letting her writing voice go? 
Um, we talked a lot about like what the book would be about. And um, once we created our characters, um, Aaron wrote the character named Greer and I wrote the character named Valora. Um, and so the nice thing about that was there was sort of no competing for space. Um, we each had our own chapters, um, and, but we just had to write them in order so that the story made sense. Um, and at first I was like, oh, have what if, you know, have I asked too much of someone? Is this going to work for her? But as soon as I saw her first chapter, I thought, yep, I, this is totally going to work. <laughs> this is going to be great, in fact. Colleen, what would you have done? I mean, you guys are old friends. You've been friends for years. What if that first chapter hadn't worked? <laughs> would it have been too late to pull the plug on this partnership? <laughs> maybe, maybe. But I, luckily, that was definitely not the case. And I was so relieved and thought, also thought, oh, you know what? I knew I asked Erin to do this for a reason. She's so funny and she has such a unique voice. And I, I just can't wait. Her character is just what this book needs. Mm. So we know there's two sisters and each of you um, provided the, the drafts for the chapter um, from each one of them. Give us the elevator pitch. What is, what is the action that's happening to these two sisters? Erin, do you feel like you can uh, describe that? Oh, Colleen came up with something earlier today when we were chatting about it. Oh, Colleen, give us. What, uh, what is yeah, the elevator Colleen. pitch here? <laughs> um, well, we were just um, talking about that Sister of the Chosen One is a, a YA fantasy um, about two sisters kind of carving out their place in the world. Um, they go to a high school for people with exceptional gifts. Um, so like my sister, Valora, she is a telekinetic, um, whereas Greer has um, a, a portaling power. Um, and so it's kind of about what it's like to grow up in the shadow um, of your sister. Valora is the chosen one prophesized since birth, and Greer isn't the chosen one, as everyone lets her know a million times a day. Um, so we just really wanted to write about like, what is it like to be the sibling of the chosen one? And what does it look like behind the scenes to be the chosen one? Hmm. I think what you said to me was, how much would it suck to be Harry Potter's sister? And that is that is such a great description of this novel. Yes. That <laughs> that sort of summarizes it to a T. I kind of thought it was a great mashup of Harry Potter and a movie I adore, which is Ten Things I Hate About You. It kind of has these two sisters who are so different oh. and, and they're rivalrous with each other. They still love each other, but man, is it hard to get along with a sister. Um, I'm wondering if either of you had sister relationships to draw on as you were telling this story. I am an only child. Um, I have friends who are like sisters to me, but that didn't come with the fighting that I think I missed out on not having a sister. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Colleen has a sister she's very close to. And it was it was what I always imagined having a sister would be like. I, you know, I, it was it was a lot of OK what would I want to fight about if I had someone that close to me to fight with me, the hair pulling and the screaming and Colleen was good to help me figure out <laughs> when I was on the right track. And Colleen, the hair pulling and the screaming, was that, that your experience? You were able to draw on that? Um, my sister's four years younger than me and we're very, very close now. Um, but I will say, I think any sisters understand that you can at once love your sister the most of any person in the world, and they can also make you the most mad of any person in the world because um, they just know those weak spots. Um, and when I was very mean to my sister when I was little, um, you know, she, she'll, she has lots of stories, but among them are that I 
um, trapped her in a sleeping bag and sat on the end. Um, and another one was that she was very little and I hit her in the face when she um, pulled my books off the bookshelf, which is like totally on brand for me. <laughs> I probably hit somebody now that messed with my books. Not really. But um, so, yeah, we definitely had those like sister fights. And so I definitely drew from those. Um, and, but then we never had the added pressure of one sister being the chosen one and parents who are really into that narrative um, for our family. And so mm-hmm. just adding all those pressures made it really easy to to really get into these fights and have them go back and forth and have them both be valid in their arguments as well. So, Colleen, it sounds like you kind of drew on that mean girl thing that so many older sisters have. You were able to identify with that part of Valora's character through being the older sister. Erin, um, was it hard for you to initially um, get Greer's voice down, the, the sister who maybe is not um, quite so shining at the beginning? She feels kind of cast off and, and less pretty. She's not the chosen one. It wasn't. <laughs> you could identify with that? No. <laughs> yes. Um, she was a lot of fun to write. Mm-hmm. Um, I could kind of fall back on my own insecurities and my own, you know, that the darkest voice in your head that says you're not good enough and you can't, you know, tells you terrible things about yourself and sort of draw on just knowing what it's like to feel so unsure or any, you know, on top of normal human worries every day of being a teenager, which mm-hmm. is difficult in and of itself. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't really hard to get into her voice. She was she was pretty easy to get to know. We're talking to Erin Armconnect. Uh, she's the co-author of Sister of the Chosen One. That's a new young adult novel. We're also here with her co-author, who's Colleen Oakes. She's the best-selling author of the Queen of Hearts series, as as well as the Wendy Darling series. She's written a lot of young adult books. Colleen, I got to ask, what's the secret to getting a young adult book to work? I mean, this book felt fairly sophisticated. You don't have um, sex scenes in here. You don't have a lot of swear words. Is it basically that you're able to grapple with serious stuff? You you just have to make sure that a parent who'd pick it up wouldn't be horrified or is it is it harder than that um i'm always thinking about that line when i write um where is the line between a teen book and an adult book and there are times where it's okay to cross over barely into adults and there are times when it's not um and in this book i felt like both of our characters kind of had a certain level of innocence to them mm-hmm. um you know valora has really never had a real relationship um and greer is the same and so that that made it easy to to not even have to really worry about that um which is very close to my own like middle school and high school experience you know i was very naive um and so i i definitely am always thinking about that there's no trick to it more just asking, you know, um, what am I trying to teach teens? What's the message here that I want them to walk away with? And there are more adult teen books that deal with those subjects very well. Mm -hmm. Um, This was just not one of those books that was going to tread into into heavier subjects um, like sexuality or um, but it does have a fair bit of violence, which is something I thought a lot about. Mm-hmm. And, and Colleen, I have to ask, um, in addition to being a novelist who's written a, a lot of um, really good books here, you're also married to a Lutheran minister. You're a pastor's wife. Do you ever find your parishioners are, are picking up these books and, and can't believe you're pushing the envelope in the way that sometimes you have to do as a writer? 
Um, I think at first people were sort of like, oh, are you, are you not going to write inspirational fiction? And I was like, no, I'm definitely not. Um, that's just not something that I, I have an interest in. I don't think I'd be good at it. And there are lots of people who are very good at it. Um, I just always really wanted to write fantasy um, and these big epic stories. And I love writing about strong feminist women. Um, but I will have to say, I feel like, you know, my husband's parishioners just seem to accept me for who I am and I they love to talk about the books and hmm. um yeah yeah it's been nothing but support you also you mentioned the violence and and yeah there is a lot of violence in this book but I have to say Erin I was I was completely cracking up while reading it because it seemed like you guys were just having the best time coming up with the more absurd and elaborate monsters and kind of the strangest powers and the funniest names for them was this something where you guys had some laughs as you're passing drafts back and forth maybe trying to outdo oh, each other we wrote the the scene with the most monsters in it we wrote here in St. Louis and the night before we wrote it we were in my living room with my husband and we were all just kind of spitballing monster names and what horrible things can they do and then googling them to make sure they didn't already exist in Dungeons and Dragons or something which we did run into a few times. You accidentally um, stumbled on some pre-existing monsters. We did um, and Colleen's husband was also great for helping out with monster names we had a blast. It was it was surprisingly fun to come up with a lot of horrible creatures to and, unleash on the world. And that joy kind of comes through in this book. I think I I really don't like monster books and I was initially thinking I would not like this book. I ended up loving this book and I think it's just so clear that you guys were having so much fun bouncing off each other, exploring these themes. Um, I also want to bring it back to St. Louis because as you mentioned, you did a lot of the writing here in St. Louis. Um, Colleen, you lived here while your husband was in seminary. He was at Concordia Seminary in Clayton. Um, you actually set your first book here. Um, you have a, a St. Louis florist is the protagonist in that. Were you ever tempted to stay in St. Louis or do pastors not have that kind of ability to, to choose where they want to go? Um, we love St. Louis. I love to visit St. Louis. Um, I think I have a big problem with humidity. And mm, so that's a deal um, killer. Being, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm a native Colorado, Coloradan and, um, I always stumble. Is it Colorado in or is it Colorado? Um, I am from here and, uh, I don't deal well with humidity. So I feel like that is a, a deal breaker for me for St. Louis, but I did fall completely in love with St. Louis. Um, and like I said, we love visiting there. If I could like n live somewhere else for the summer, <laughs> I would definitely consider living in St. Louis. And Erin, what about you? You are not here originally, and I understand neither no. is your husband. Uh, w what brought you guys here? We are from Nebraska. And we, shortly after we were both out of college, we decided on more or less a whim to move to Indonesia, we taught at a, a national plus school there, which meant we taught international curriculum to Indonesian students. And we were there for three years. Just on a whim, moved to just Indonesia. Just on a whim. We knew a few people there um, and had the best time. And when we, we knew it was kind of time to start thinking about moving back to the States and we didn't really feel like moving back to Nebraska was where we wanted to go. So my husband wanted to go to grad school. We had some friends in St. Louis. We decided 
to look at schools in St. Louis because we liked it a lot. And here we are. So that was 13 years ago, I believe. Uh Um, Do you feel like St. Louis is now home? Yes. I I don't love the humidity. (laughs) It's a common theme here in your friendship. (laughs) But, but, um, no, we we feel like St. Louis is home. Absolutely. We love it here. Our son was born here. And, you know, it's, it's not without its, its problems. It's not without its issues to overcome, but we, we do love it here and we, we want to stay. And so now that you've discovered fiction writing, um, is this something where y- you feel the same way about it? Maybe this wasn't what you originally envisioned for your life, but now you want to keep at it. Possibly. Um, I'm writing right now, I'm writing some nonfiction, whether it will be for anyone else other than myself. I don't know. It's about my son's early birth and his stay in the NICU and our time after that. Hmm. Um, Just because that's something that kind of needs to be written, (laughs) get it out of my brain and onto paper. But um, I I would definitely be open to fiction uh, in the future. It was so much fun writing it. It was, uh, it was hard work, but I absolutely loved it. And I would certainly do it again. And you guys have created this whole universe here. I mentioned all these monsters. I mean, you almost need an encyclopedia to keep track of all of them. Colleen, do you think this is a world you you will revisit going forward? Um, I'm not sure. I, I would be happy to revisit this world. Um, I think there's a lot of potential stories, especially um, when you get to the end of the book, you can see... Um, a, f- a future set in this world, let's just say that without spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do, I do really like this world, and I think it's it's a fun place to play in. And um, I didn't know I needed monsters so much in my life, but <laughs> turns out Neither I really did, did, I. did like the monsters, and I love Valora and Greer, and I think um, I would be very interested to see where their stories go. And Erin, that, that is actually something I wanted to ask you about. Do you feel like this novel, even though you started it four years ago, uh, the coronavirus was not on anyone's radar at this point, but do you feel like this, this novel ends up being a, a pretty good novel for our time, that there's something here that we can take away from this? I do. I think, first of all, it's a lot of fun. It's a good escape. Um, I mean, I'm I'm reading really dark things myself right now. Um, Fic- <laughs> I just read about the Donner Party. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but uh, I'm also reading a lot of fiction that is fun and escapist and just gives me a break from reality. And it's fun to be in a world where there are imaginary monsters you can fight for a while rather than the ever-present real ones we're dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give anything away, but but Colleen is maybe part of the joy of YA is that this is still a universe where the good guys can win. Yes, I love that. I love that in this world, there are very clear lines between heroes and villains. Um, and I think sometimes um, when teens are reading, they like um, they sometimes like like a clear um, heroes and villains story um, as they're growing and they're learning in their own lives um, how to define what a hero is, what a villain is, um, you know, who, where do I fall in humanity? Is there a side to this story that I'm not understanding? So I think that books are always a really great place for teens to grow um, by reading them. 
and kind of see these worlds play out in a safe space, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like this book is, it's kind of like, I just feel like it's a hug. (laughs) It's a hug for a teen that, and it will make them feel good and it will make them laugh and it's fun, but it also has a lot of depth in it. And it talks about a lot of important things. And especially if you're not getting along with your sister, I recommend this book. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I I know some girls who need to read this. So Colleen Oaks, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a joy. And Erin ArmConnect, thank you for joining us and congratulations on your very first novel. Thank you so much. And that book, again, that Sister of the Chosen One, you can find it on Amazon. We also have a link on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. Podcast episodes of St. Louis on the Air are available at stlpublicradio.org. Or you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Podcast app, or wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Evie Hempel and Lara Hamden, with production assistance from Aaron Dorr. The senior producer is Emily Woodbury, and the executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.